When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today we're talking about the super middleweight division, baby. One of the deepest divisions in boxing. You only know two names. We're going to talk about everybody else. My job as an advocate for boxing is to get you excited about boxing, not just boxers, okay? You know about Canelo Alvarez. You know about David Benavidez. Today on Deep Waters, we're talking about everybody else. It's about to get real exciting, baby. Let's go. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited now. That's a great intro. I'm George Jackvick, alongside the champions, Sean Porter, Chris Algeri, and Pauli Malignaggi. As Sean said, we are talking super middleweights. Like Sean said, we all know Canelo and Benavidez, but we're going to talk about some other guys. I'm going to name six guys, and we can talk about anyone you want, but Sean, I'll talk with you. But let me just run these down really quick. You got David Morrell, 10-0. Caleb Plant, 22-2, former champion. Jaime Munguia, 43-0. Edgar Berlanga, 21-0, Christian Mbili, 26-0, and Diego Pacheco, the 22-year-old who's 20-0. It's a young division. All those guys are in their 20s except for Caleb Plant, who's 31. So there's some depth. Sean, like you said, everyone has been focused on Canelo and Benavides, but there is some talent. There's some depth to this division. And I get it. It makes sense. But here's the thing. People have been conditioned to... Uh, look for a superstar, not look for superstars. And that's why I'm so excited about today's episode is because we're going to talk about the superstars or those who could be next to be superstars in this sport of boxing that has so much depth in every single division. And I just think that it's unfair for a lot of fighters that get overlooked because they don't have a belt or because they're no longer undefeated or some of the other things. And so one of the names that uh, that stuck out to me was Christian Mbili. I was like, oh, this guy's France. He's, he's from France. He's, he's undefeated. I don't know who this guy is. Typed in YouTube, and this dude is just uh, one of the hardest-hitting super middleweights in the world right now. He's got a good look. Um, he's got experience. I went and looked at his amateur pedigree. He's got the goods, but we don't know about him. And it's, I think it's because he hasn't been on the right platform at the right time against the right opponent. You know, we always talk about the dance partner to give him the name that he needs. But I'm telling you guys, man, you go and you look at Christian and Bealy on YouTube, you will not be disappointed and you will want to see him in the ring with a Canelo Alvarez, with a David Benavidez, with a David Morel, Caleb Plant, because it will mix up it, it, the styles make fights. And it's one of those fights that you really would be wondering, like, who's going to win this fight? How is this fight going to play out? You know, so Christian and Bealy, uh, a name that flies under the radar, but all of the skills and everything that take him to the top. Well, Paulie, we, we listed a lot of names here and really, you know, take your pick where you want to start. I mean, a lot of people think David Morrell, 
might be the next guy at 168. But the names I just rattled off, there's some talent in there. Yeah, you know, you, you're looking at uh, versatility, right? Even though Caleb has fought both Benavides and, and Canelo Alvarez, I feel like that's probably the only guy, because he's already fought uh, Benavides and Alvarez, that other guys maybe could look at as a measuring stick and say, you know what, let me see how I can do against, Canelo, uh, against Caleb Plant, or maybe if I can even beat him. You know, I think even the networks, the media, the, the management uh, in, in boxing, we'll, we'll look at a guy like Caleb Plant and say, okay, he can sort of be like a measuring guy. Not because he's a gatekeeper type at this point, because he's very world-class still. I think 31 years old. I, don't, I wouldn't call Caleb Plant a, a gatekeeper, but he sort of takes on a gatekeeper role because he's already gotten the Benavides fight. He's already gotten the Canelo fight, so he's probably not going to get them again. So he probably takes on by process of elimination, this gatekeeper role in that, okay, you guys want to get a shot at those big two, you know, show how, uh, show how you can do against Caleb, if you can even beat Caleb. And that's sort of uh, where David Benavidez's stock rose highest, uh, where the demand for the Canelo fight became even more demanding, is once he was able to uh, take uh, Caleb Plant and, and get a win over him, you know? So I, these are good names here in, in the super middleweight division. These are they're not just good names, the fun names. You know, you got uh, Porter mentioned uh, Sean Champ, man, you mentioned him, Beely, and Beely is a guy I've seen in some footage as well. Fun guy, throws a lot of hard punches, uh, brings the fight to you. Um, for me, he doesn't have enough versatility. Uh, he throws punches very, very hard. He throws them all, all a little bit too hard all the time, so there's no off-speed stuff there. But he's a fun That's guy to watch. Like. He, he's, yeah, he's a fun guy to watch. You know what I mean? Like, guys like that, Pure entertainment. You're not gonna. You, you, those guys like that. They can't make not fun fights. But they're they can be maybe beaten by versatile guys like like a David Morrell who has that change of gears to him. You know, uh, uh, you know he's a, a little bit more of an IQ guy and he can take the pace up but also take it down as as he needs to. You know, but maybe a guy like Embiid's pace and power forces Morrell into a pace where he doesn't want to. You know, Sean, that's why you like it, right? Because you used to force yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. on guys that didn't want it. I can speak for that. Yeah. You know, so so. Um, you start to create matchups in your mind and, and you start to realize how, how much fun the, the weight class is. But again, you know what the problem is here? It's the same problem it's always been. You create a log jam when, they're, when, they're, when the fight's not made at the top, when the champion is not fighting the top contenders, you start to create a log jam. You know, you start to create a log jam and what happens is, especially in a, in a, in a, in a weight class where there's unified titles, we had the same problem with Spence and Crawford. Guys who are solid fighters end up getting left behind. They don't want to fight each other because they're already feel like they should be getting a title fight, you know, and, and, and honestly, all these guys are good enough the way they should be getting title fights, but all the titles lie in one person's hands. They're all in Canelo Oliver's hands. And so if he's not forced to take on the top guy and all the, everybody else behind, behind him, then it becomes a, a, a little bit of a, a logjam that you create. But let's see. Let's see if Canelo ends up fighting Benavidez. Let's see uh, in, in the process if Morel maybe fights Caleb Plant. I mean, I, I think Morel and Caleb Plant, for example, being both with a PBC um, PBC, they, it's a fight that can be made. Again, I don't look at Caleb as a gatekeeper, but he's sort of taking on that role at this point. Chris? Yeah, I mean, you guys are all excited about the, this weight class. I'm excited about the weight, weight class as well, but I think this weight class epitomizes everything that's wrong with boxing because you've got, so it's, it's if in a good way, you've got all this great talent, right? But in a bad way, they're all undefeated. Why are they all undefeated? Why they're fighting are, each other. Because exactly. <laughs> that's what's wrong with boxing. You have all this talent and nobody's fighting each other. Because everyone, like you said, champ, is waiting on the log jam that's at the top. You've got Canelo, who's in the A1 position. You've got Benavidez, who's right behind him. Right behind him. They're pretty much on their own stratosphere at this point when you talk about the other guys. They're looking for the, the basically just looking to fight. Well, Benavidez looking to fight him. Canelo's looking to fight whoever. Um, and then Canelo's looking to fight anybody but him. Everybody but him, exactly. <laughs> and then below them, you've got, you got, like you said, champ, Caleb Plant. He's already fought both those guys. So I would put him at a tier just below those top guys. 
Probably not going to get the fight with those. Everyone else is going to try and knock off Caleb Plant now to get into that position so they can get that, that fight with either Benavidez or Canelo next. You got these young guys coming up. I think David Morrell is probably the most talented of, those, of that group, but largely untested at the highest level. Uh, Diego Pacheco is a dark horse, man. I've been calling a bunch of his fights recently. Yeah. Woo, that boy's bad. He is 22 bad. years old. 22 Chris. years old, six foot four. Um, I've I've been I've been to the fights where he's at. I've interviewed him before. I've been at the weigh-ins. This is a bad mamma jamma right here. Diego Pacheco is going to be around for a long time, and I think we're actually probably going to see him in a, multiple different weight classes. He has the frame for it. He's got the height. He's got the reach. Six foot four. He's got the talent. He's got the power too. I'm a big fan of Diego Pacheco. Uh, he used to be my favorite prospect. Now he's in, in contender status. I think he's going to be bad news for any one of these guys very, very soon. You guys both mentioned him, Billy. He's a fun guy. He's a fun guy. I don't think he's world-class like the rest of them. I, I, I think he's fun to watch. I think he's going to make for good fights. Um, he's, been doing, he's been improving quite a bit. I called one of his first fights for, for top rank years ago, um, and he struggled a bit with a guy that you really wouldn't expect him to. But since then, he's been looking great. And you got Edgar Berlanga. Who's more fun than that guy? You know, he, he whether whether he's knocking knocking you out in the first round or he's going to a decision back and forth fights. And, and Mungia, who's just kind of the same. Very right? fun. And Mungia is very similar. I think Mungia is probably a little higher level in terms of who he's fought right now. Um, but I mean, yeah, you match any of those guys up, and you're getting a really really fun fight. I like the I like the different levels we have in this weight class. But dude, they gotta fight each other. They gotta fight each other. W waiting for the Canelo sweepstakes is hurting these guys' careers. There's so much they can do outside of the tip-top A1 position of Canelo Alvarez that these guys could be fighting. But I, I feel like boxing. Caleb is in a, a, a kind of a good position because he's already Great gotten position. those big fights. But I think people can look at him as the guy like that you would sort of look at him and say, I'm going to be, he's my measuring stick. I, if I'm going to be able to even put myself in the conversation with, with Benavidez or Canelo, I have to get by this guy. So for Caleb, it allows him sort of, an option to have a lot of fights with a lot of top guys and get paid well, which at 31 years old, that's, you're kind of already starting to think that way. But I think Canelo and Benavidez also, being that they have a win over him and want to stay and, and will want some of those other guys to keep their distance because they want to fight each other, or at least Benavidez wants to fight Canelo, they'll be rooting for Ke Caleb like, Maybe Caleb's going to knock these guys, knock these guys, off. These guys yeah. off. So Caleb's in sort of in a, in, in a position like, yeah, yeah, beat these guys. Beat these guys for us. It's good to have crosshairs on your back in boxing. Caleb mm. Plant's going to be that guy. He's going to have a big bargaining chip for all these younger yeah. guys who are coming up. So he's yeah. going to be able to make even that much more money. He's got those two big paydays already. Under and in his, his mind, okay, let's say and like he this. can sit there and wait for these guys and, and really call the okay, shots. Okay, and let's look at it like this. If if Caleb fights Morel and beats Morel, does Caleb enter the Canelo Benavidez sweepstakes again? Or, or is that even possible? Or is, what happens there? You know, like, again, I mean, I'm not saying because Morel is a tough out. I mean, uh, yeah. I would probably favor Morel to beat Caleb, but uh, it's a fight I'd want to see. It's, it's a good fight. But. Well, Sean, well, what happened Sean, there? Sean, Sean, hmm. talk about Caleb because uh, he's only 31, and, and Paulie brought up the fights with Canelo and Benavidez, and he, and he fought Benavidez tough last year. Yeah. Caleb Plant's only 31 years old, so he's yeah. still in the mix. Yeah, I don't think he got either of those fights too soon. Possibly the Canelo fight, he possibly have could have had maybe one more fight before that fight. Um, I think the. Canelo fight got him prepared for the David or David Benavidez fight. Absolutely. Um, when you when you when you go to the top and you don't conquer and get what you want, now the question becomes: Are you the gatekeeper? Are you how much longer are you going to go? And all these things. I can tell you that uh, 
uh, that Caleb Plant is training right now. I can tell you that he loves the sport. I can tell you that he has no intentions on on having two more fights and quitting. I don't think, um, you know, I, I obviously it depends on how those fights go for him. But I think outside of those two names right there, I think the fight with David Morrell could be as much as a toss up. You know, um, I think maybe a slight bias on my hand on my on my side would would make me lean uh, Caleb Plant's way just because he's got a little bit more experience. And and I think that that might pay some dividends for him at the end of a fight. But outside of David Morrell, I think he beats ha uh, Jaime Munguia. I know he beats Edgar Berlinga, you know, and those are two names that could that he could make money with and still have a face and a name in this sport. You know what I mean? So he's one of the few guys that have gone to the top uh, to your point, um, um, to your point, um, excuse me, uh, to your point, Paulie. For him to not be at the top, it kind of makes him a gatekeeper because he hasn't got, gone over those crossroads against the top guys. But I think outside again, outside of David Morrell, he he beats just about anybody else in the division, which makes him you know. And on top of that, he still wants it. You know? I like so, that Mungia plant fight. I haven't really thought about that fight until you just mentioned it, Sean. I think that's a really good fight, and I think mm -hmm. uh, in terms of what you've been saying, in terms of litmus test, and it's just another way. If Mungia was able to get past Plant, which is uh, no foregone conclusion. You know, that would be another feather in the cap for Munguia to be like, yo, Canelo, you got to fight me now, dude. Let's go. Yeah. Well, do yeah. we do we, do we we talk about fights that probably aren't going to happen, though? Or, or, or do we talk about fights that, you know, due to network politics are, may happen? I think, well, yeah, I, you, think right. I think Munguia and Berlanga has a better chance of happening. Also, Pacheco, who's with who's he signed with? Matrum. Matrum. So, Pacheco is also on the zone. That could Munguia and Pacheco or, or, or Pacheco and Berlanga. Those are sort of viable options. Listen, I, I'm all I'd love to see Mungia and Plant, but I, I just don't think that's ever going to happen because of the, po the politics of this thing. So while we have yeah. the option to talk about the super middleweight division, I think we, 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 we're better off talking about the fights that may get may happen, while at the same time demanding that Canelo and Benavides do fight. Well, Paulie, to your point, Morel and Plant are both with PBC. So yeah, that's, well, that's a fight that, up, that, that could happen. Mm -hmm. So, so talk. Uh, Sean talked about that matchup. What, what do you see happening in that fight if those guys matched up? Because... Morale just has not fought anyone with Caleb Plant's experience. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the same thing they said about Benavides, too. I, I, I think Plant is world class. And I, at 31 years old, he's certainly not old. I, I won my second world title when I was 31 years old. And I think Plant still has a lot to give. And, and, but I also realize that at a certain point in your career, you sort of like being in a position where you have a lot of options to make money and, and, and get big fights because you're still kind of you're still in a, in, a, in, a, in a position where physically you can com compete and perform. I think Morel. I'd probably favor Morel a little bit over, over Plant, but I'd want to see how he handles Plant. You know what I'm saying? If if he can handle Plant, because again, it's not a foregone conclusion that he beats Plant, but I'd probably angle more towards Morel beating Plant. But even if that were to happen, say I'm right and that were to happen, I'd still be curious as to see as to how Benavides would be handled by Morel if he's handled by Morel. Because again, automatically you start to wonder. You know, Plant is the only guy out of these top guys that have fought both the top two, which is Canelo and Benavides. Which, I, bro, I'll be honest with you. At this point, we're just putting Canelo at the top because he's got the belts, not because he's probably at the top. Because I, <laughs> I, I'd probably, honestly, I'd probably pick Morel to beat Canelo too at this point. You know, so, Ooh. so I, I mean, I don't know. You know, it's uh, it, it, it's still an interesting fight. Styles make fights. Boxing math doesn't work. So you know, you don't want to say, oh, this guy beat this guy, this guy beat that guy, so this guy beats this guy. But I'd want to see Morel and Plan. I, I'd be interested in seeing how the, how that plays out. So we're talking super middleweights before we go on any further. Don't forget February twenty eighth. Wednesday Night Fights is back. Paulie and Chris on the mics. And, man, it's 
listen, guys, it's like a broken re record. Every single one of these cards has one, two, or three really great fights. So the next one is February 28th, back to Wednesday. The last one was on a Friday. Wednesday night fights, February 28th. Make sure you check it out. Chris, uh, this 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 Murrell Plant fight, I mean, uh, it's it's like you guys have me interested in it now, and I wanted to get your take on it. Yeah, I think it uh, it makes a lot of sense. I think that uh, Caleb Plant, who's already been to the top, he's already been there. Um, he's the, he's the old man in division at 31, which is wild to think because he's he's still in his physical prime at that point. Um, and David Morrell is a guy who's, who's who's really knocking on that door. He wants to get into those upper upper echelon fights. And I think that's a that's a perfect transition in terms of who wins that fight. That's, that's a pretty pick 'em fight. You're basically going on the physical gifts and amateur talent of of Morrell versus the uh, experience of Caleb Plant. I mean, no one in that division has experience like him besides the guys that are, that are above him, who are Benavides and, and, and uh, Canelo. But all the other guys that we're talking about, Caleb Plant is by far and away the most experienced in the, in, in the pro ranks right now. Um, but David Morrell, man, he's one of those guys, when I watch him, I'm like, this guy's scary good. He's good, and he's big, and he's strong, and he's got a great gas tank. And that's one thing that really sticks out in my mind is Caleb Plant's gas tank. A lot of times, he'll start to fade at the end of fights. Starts out really good. Did it in both the Benavides fight and the Canelo fight. But then towards the end, you start to see him start to, start to get tired. His, his technique starts to fade. And a lot of times I've seen from David Morrell, when he's, when he's had that fights that actually went late, he's gotten stronger. So, Sean, Edgar Berlanga has a fight coming up Saturday, February 24th. And he's only 26 years old. He's unbeaten. Remember, he started out his career 16 straight first-round knockouts. Um, he's trying to get back into the mix. Now, if he wins this fight, you know, a lot of people have ta talked about matching him with Jaime Monguia. Obviously, it's tough to, you know, golden boy in matchroom, although I, they're a little friendlier now. But Berlanga was a guy who made a lot of noise, and then he's things have quieted down for him. Still 26 years old, still learning. Um, yeah. Thoughts on his future, maybe him and Monguia, which promises to be an all-action fight. But your thoughts on Berlanga? Yeah, the saying goes, the ring will tell the truth about you. I think we learned the truth of, after we saw the knockouts was that he lacks a lot of the fundamentals that are needed to be at the top of the game. Um, what he was doing was getting him to the top, and then it was almost like he just stalemated himself because of uh, bad performances. Um, his future, and I think his, I think Jaime Munguia is more than likely – the next big fight for him after this fight that he has coming up, because um, what we've seen from, from Edgar is we've seen him not progress. And that is a problem when you're 26, you haven't gotten better, any better over the years after so many first round knockouts. And then on top of that, once you start having to go the distance, we're seeing holes in your game. We're seeing those same holes in your game. Two fights later, it's showing that you, you're not going to get better. You are who you are. Let's capitalize on what you've done before we lose it, you know, um, because all it takes is the right guy that doesn't have a name to knock him down and get a decision over him. And then it's all kaput, you know. So I expect him to be getting in the ring with Jaime Munguia more than likely this year. I don't expect Canelo Alvarez to give Munguia uh, the fight. Uh, it, 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 certainly not right away. And um, I think Jaime Munguia beats Edgar Berlinga. Mm, Chris. Talking about Berlanga, we just did a show uh, on Berlanga in his next fight, but I was at his last fight against Quigley. I know you called Berlanga's last fight against Quigley. Um, a lot of people criticized him again for not knocking Quigley out because Boo Boo Andre did. 
but you saw some some elevation to his game in that fight, right? Yeah, and also the Quigley that showed up to fight Edgar Berlanga was very different than the one that showed up to to fight uh, Boo Boo. And Boo Boo, listen, Boo Boo's always that guy who comes out fast and usually drops guys early on. That night, Quigley just didn't get up. If he did, it could have been a different fight. But again, like I said, I think the the game plan that that Coach Andy Lee had for Quigley the night when he fought Berlanga, they put on an excellent performance. He boxed really smart, really well. Was was timing his right hands really really well. Kept his lateral movement going really well. Um, it's just he just didn't have enough firepower for for Berlanga. Berlanga, you know, at this stage of his career, was in a, in a much better position. But um, yeah, I saw some improvement. You know, he's he's he switched camps back to where he started with Mark Ferre down down here in South Florida. Uh, on the west coast of Florida, and he's been getting some really good sparring, and he works with guys like Najee Lopez, uh, which is fantastic work. So I think that he's definitely elevated in terms of his training and starting to show in the fights. And like to your point, Sean, yeah, he had those first 16, 16 knockouts. Listen, his 17th pro fight was his 17th round as a pro. That's that's a wild <laughs> stat to think about. And, and you learn a lot in those rounds. I always say for young guys, I think it's actually good to go to distance. It's good to get rounds in. You, there's a lot of things you can learn in, in a uh, – in a ring that you can't learn in a ring in a gym. So um, I think he learned a lot in those in, in those tough fights, man. He went through he saw some demons, you know, in those in those fights, and he went through some some tough times. And I think it's made him stronger. He's 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 reinvigorated himself. He's redisciplined himself. We we had an interview with him. His face looks lean already. He looks fit. He looks ready to go. Um, I, I would say that he needs a, a breakout performance, an eye catching performance uh, this this coming Saturday when he fights. Um, uh, the, the McCrory, excuse me. Yeah, we just did a show on Pedreg McCrory. Yeah, Pedreg. Um, and uh, yeah, I think with a big win here, if he's able to 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 snap that drought of no KOs, he's gonna have a big fight looming. And like to your point, Sean, it very well could be uh, Mungia. And it's all about momentum. I mean, uh, yeah. Mungia got a, a great stoppage win over Ryder. If 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 uh, Berlanga can look really good in, in, on Saturday against the undefeated uh, contender, McGrory, I think, you know, the momentum kind of leads them to fight, fight one another, especially if they're both with the zone and uh, the fight. There's less political hurdles to get over the, fa the fact of trying to make that fight. And, Paulie, if you're talking about just an all-action fight, I mean, out of these names, Mungia and Berlanga might be the, the most action-packed fight you could make from, from these names we're talking yeah. about. And, and, and it's better off that they fight each other because Diego Pacheco is rising behind them, and he's also on the zone. And if they don't fight each other, Pacheco's going to wind up in one of them. You know what I mean? And I think they'd rather Pacheco's fight each other. Pacheco's been calling out Berlanga yeah. for a while. So I, I, so I think they'd rather fight each other and make more, they can make more money fighting each other because right now Pacheco is not as known as them. I, I think there is a bit of a, going to be a bit of a fire under both of them to fight one another and make that fight happen uh, And uh, before Pacheco sort of shows up on the scene more uh, over at the zone because uh, Pacheco's got a lot of momentum behind him and he's going to be... I think he's going to be a guy kind of like a Benavidez, man, when people are, yeah. are not going to want to fight him, even like a Morel. You know? These guys are smart. They'll get Pacheco early. He's only yeah. he's young. So. And, 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 you know, it's funny. The, the, we're talking about the middleweight division as a whole, right? The, this, this weight class is sort of a microcosm of, of a lot of problems, like the champ already said. But the biggest problem is this. All the money is in Canelo Alvarez. But the best fight is probably Benavidez versus Morel. You know what I mean? Like the best fight mm -hmm. in terms of the top, who, who are actually the top two guys in this weight class are probably Benavidez and Morel. I think they both beat Canelo. You know, so so mm -hmm. I, I it, it's funny because all the money is with, with Canelo, so everything revolves around Canelo. And this is why this sport is 
ass backwards. You know what I mean? Because really, you think about it, the NBA doesn't put the Knicks against the Lakers every year in the finals just because it's the, it's the two biggest markets. Sometimes you get the Toronto Raptors in the finals. Sometimes you get the Dallas Mavericks in the finals. Sometimes you get the Detroit Pistons in the finals. You know, over the course of the last two decades, I can remember small market teams getting into the finals. You know what I mean? Even against one another. But boxing wants always to make the Lakers and the Knicks. And if they can't make the Lakers and the Knicks, well, you know what? They'll just make one of the playoff contenders take on a, a team that has nowhere to go in the playoffs or makes it nowhere near a playoff spot. It should be in the draft lottery. You know what I mean? And these are the kind of fights they make instead. While, while, while trying to make the whole time, while trying to get the Lakers and the Knicks in the finals against each other. It's not how a sport works. This is a manipulation at its best. And this is why we have problems. We have a, a weight class, like the champ said, where it's so many undefeated guys, too many undefeated guys. <laughs> They're all good. <laughs> that means they ain't fighting each other, guys. You know what I mean? Like, that's a problem, bro. You get all hey, these undefeated guys in one weight class. Why are you all undefeated, bro? Why, why isn't anybody fighting each other? When Paulie first started that, I thought I was going to have to fade out, but I got to support that analogy <laughs> 100%. That was right. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, we, we got a minute left. Really quick, Diego Pacheco, he's the 22-year-old. He, he's the, the young gun in this division. Chris, we'll start with you, but real quick across the panel, um, his future. Again, he's six foot four, 22, a world of talent. Not quite ready yet, but he's got, he seems like he's got a bright future. Yeah, I mean, potential is through the roof. I mean, there really is no roof on his, on his potential. The, the kid is, is 22 years old. He is uh, a good puncher. He's got good skills. He's big, man. He's really big for the weight class. Um, I interviewed him right after the weigh-in for one of his last fights, and I'm sitting next to him. I'm like, this guy, I mean, six foot four for 168 and carries power? Forget it. I mean, th this kid has a, has a huge upside, and I think he's going to be a problem for years to come. And like I said, I mean, I think these guys might be smart to get him early, kind of the way Tito Trinidad used to pick off the, the young studs that were coming up, the David Reeds and the Fernando Vargases, get that get them early before they turn into what they're, the monster that they're going to be. And Diego Pacheco is going to be one of those guys. That's a good point. What about you, Sean? Diego Pacheco. He's six foot two. He ain't six foot four. He's six foot two. Are you sure? I that's mean, the only thing that's the only thing I can say about the kid, man. I'm a, I'm a 100 fan of him. He can hit hard. He can box. He's got it all. That he's six foot two though. Damn, am I shrinking? I, I, I seem <laughs> right, way taller go, than that. Oh, so, Paulie, how does a six foot two Diego Pacheco do in the future? I think, you know, he's a, again, I, I mentioned him before. I think he's going to become like that boogeyman, like, like a David Benavides, yeah. you know, like a Morel, you know, where guys aren't going to really want to go near him unless they have to. If the, the, if sort of the landscape of boxing continues on the path that it's in, where guys don't want to fight each other. Again, I do think his presence may speed up the Mungia Berlanga fight because if they don't fight each other, He's gonna end up stepping in and possibly getting one of them because the the, the all they all have the, the zone association. So I, I think his presence, even if he may not be able to get into a big fight right now, uh, because I don't think everybody's gonna be in a rush to get into a big fight, his presence there may make Mungia versus Belenga happen this year. And not to overlook McCrory over the weekend, but you, we expect Belenga to come through that. All right. Well, it's one of the sports best divisions. And and guys, I gotta say really quick. We did a, you guys did a great job of not bringing up Canelo too much because this could have spiraled into just a, you know, I mean, we've all talked about Canelo enough, so we want to talk about some of the other guys. Uh, a bright future for the division. Make sure you subscribe to ProBox on YouTube. We've almost got 100,000 subscribers, and February 28th, Wednesday night, Paulie, Chris, and Mike Goldberg are behind the mic for some great fights. Wednesday night fights, good fighters, great fights, champions, another great show. And this screen is why you should subscribe to ProBox TV because it is your boxing channel. Three.